Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Priya Rao, Executive Editor at Glossy. And here with me today is Georgios Setis, the co-founder and CEO of Nutrafol. Welcome, Georgios. Thank you for having me. Very exciting. Thanks for being here. So, Georgios, tell me where you are right now. Obviously, we're not doing this in person, so, you know, which is our usual shtick. So where are you? How are you feeling? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) It's the most important question nowadays, right? How do you feel? And it has meaning now, right? Absolutely. Which is incredible. I'm in the city. I'm uh, I'm in New York. I, I went out east uh, for a few weeks to um, to uh, recharge, really, and uh, uh, really uh, work on self care, uh, even even more than before. Um, I'm all about health. I'm all about meditation. I'm all about nature. Making sure that the mind remains uh, sharp and and clear, so we make the right decisions in this uh, turbulent time. But I came back. I came back to the city and. Um, it's a little busier than it was uh, a few a few weeks ago, uh, which I think is uh, is okay. Um, but um, yeah, overall we are healthy, we're good, um, and um, yeah, looking forward to uh, to further grow and help uh, help our customers, our partners, and spread the information that we have that we believe is uh, is important during a, during a time where health is a little a little uncertain. Yeah, absolutely. So, George, for those of our listeners who may not totally know Nutrafol's model, will you kind of explain um, when you guys came to market in 2016, like what you were hoping to do? Obviously, you are a supplement brand, you're a hair care brand, you kind of toe the line between beauty and health. So what the initial proposition was, and then now in this environment, I've heard anecdotally that, you know, brands that have had beauty brands that have had that health angle, health positioning from the get or seeing some really um, interesting results right now? Yes, yeah, so it's a good question. So we um, just to step back. So we always positioned ourselves as a hair wellness brand, uh, really that, that helps people with hair concerns, right? And, and with hair concerns, I mean, thinning, uh, thinning hair for men and for women, um, hair loss, etc. And our approach was always very, very unique by applying an integrative, it's almost like an holistic approach using natural clinically proven ingredients, in this case, supplements to really address these root causes, targeting inner well-being and, and wellness. We always believed that there was a direct connection. And we started the company uh, about, about five, five, five years ago, right? And five years ago, nobody was familiar with the concept of how do you, if you treat these underlying causes, inner health and well-being, how does that reflect your hair? And uh, we were um, one of the first companies that uh, really put out science and, and clinical trials to, to further prove out that model. So, um, so that was always um, where, what we stood for. Um, we always believed that your outer beauty is a reflection of your inner wellness, right? Uh, you are what you eat. Um, and um, we always believed in that, and we used uh, science and, um, and new knowledge and a tremendous amount of research to uh, to help people with their hair. That was always the um, our, our main our main focus, and that remains our focus. Um, we have um, we have a um, a lot of doctors, doctor partners, and in-house doctors that um, that really support our customers throughout this whole. A journey. This is uh, something pretty emotional for people, right? To lose your hair, to experience some thinning for men and for women. It's always this moment of, shoot, this is uh, this is not cool. This is not 
this is I, I've lost control of, of my of my hair. What do I do to 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 take control back? How do how do we fix it? So we have um, be, beyond we we'll go beyond just the products. We have a great team of people and doctors and doctor partners that support uh, consumers throughout this entire journey because it's uh, it's a tricky one. It's an emotional one and it's a very complex issue. And we want to make sure that we um, we stay with our customers along the way to set them up for tremendous success. Right, right. So, Georgios, you have a very interesting retail distribution. I'm just wondering, I'm bringing this up just because of, you know, the climate that we're in right now. You know, nobody can go to a Sephora or Ulta, but people also can't go to their, maybe their salons or their dermatologists as frequently as they used to. So for you guys, which are, you're mainly direct to consumer, but you also have a select distribution within dermatologists and hair specialists. Like, how did you kind of see this affecting your business? Like, especially with those partners that, you know, now maybe doing, you know, Zoom tutorials or Zoom appointments um, for skin and hair. Yeah, great question. So our um, our business model has always been um, two parts. So we we started with a very strong foundation because we always believed in science. We always believed in credibility. How do you build a brand? In my opinion, especially in a category where there was always a lot of skepticism around supplements, right? So how do you set yourself apart? I, I was one of them, right? I never believed in supplements because mm-hmm. nothing was really working. Right. So um, especially with this type of a complex issue now. um, So we always believed in order to make a difference and to truly help people, we have to invest heavily in clinical trials and science um, and and a lot of research. And we did years of research. Now it's published and we're really proud of now. So we our foundation was always doctors. So we started to sell in doctor's offices. We started to sell at salons because people trust uh, their stylists. Right. The stylist is never going to recommend you something that they truly don't believe in, right? Uh, they're not salespeople. Right. So uh, we always believe let's uh, let's focus on the thought leaders. Let's thought, let's focus on the hair experts, um, the dermatologists, and the plastic surgeons, right? Um, let's focus there and and educate them and share the science and the knowledge that we have. So that's how we build our brand foundation. Now, so in the meantime, in parallel, we started to sell ecom. Um, so the majority, to your point, of our business is direct to consumer because that relationship between us and the customer is incredibly important. As I just described, this is not just like you buy product uh, or you sell product and, and that's it. We want to make sure that we support them throughout their entire growth journey. Um, but um, overall, um, that mix between and that interesting synergy between a very strong um, um uh, uh, dermatology and plastic surgery doctor's presence um, was uh, and the synergy between the direct consumer that remains remains the same. Now, when COVID nineteen hit, uh, what we saw is that obviously the um, the doctor's offices and the salons um, started to close, right? Um, and we did we Absolutely. which which and, and and we saw that we saw that coming after. Uh, some some of these announcements and very quickly we saw that dip dip happening. Now the good news is that the majority of our business is direct to consumer, but what we wanted to do is to truly, in a time where there's so much uncertainty, and doctors' offices um, are not seeing patients anymore, and patients cannot get to the doctors anymore. Rather than only thinking about revenue, 
right? Because from a revenue standpoint, yes, we did, but we did have a very strong D2C business. It's like, what can we do as a company to truly support our doctor partners? So that became really our number one priority in the doctor's channel. So rather than just looking at revenue, it's like, how do we support them? And how do we make sure that right. their patients do have access to our products? How do we make sure that um, they feel truly supported? So very quickly, uh, we, um, we have a, a great e-com uh, team and tech team. Uh, we, uh, we pivot uh, quickly, including, you know, um, really building um, a, a direct-to-consumer platform for physicians and stylists. You know, we did this in about uh, three weeks. And, and this platform really wow. enables um, product sales in the professional channel while salons and offices are basically uh, closed. So it's a, it's a typical uh, drop, dropship model. Um, but most importantly, we don't want to own that relationship because this is a relationship that's been owned by the doctors or the stylists. So maintaining that and truly being a partner for them to facilitate that was um, was incredibly important. And we were able to to do that, and we've seen some uh, some great great results uh, great results so far. Um, but again, most importantly, it's all about how 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 do you how do you remain a great partner during a time of turbulence. Right. That's that's where true personalities are being are being shown. Right. Right. Absolutely. When you think about that kind of um, integration, I mean, imagine you work with fifteen hundred over fifteen hundred. Correct. Um, different dermatologists, um, stylists, salons. Um, so when you're thinking about that, like, I guess how many people are actually like thinking about um, transferring their their own experiences digitally and how quickly you're able to help onboard them into something like this. Because, you know, some of these offices may not be, that may not be their bread and butter. They may not be really willing to try, or they may not have been really, really willing to try that in the past. Yeah. Yeah, not everybody is set up to, to do it, right? But what we did is um, we had a, a pretty strong sales force in the field. And um, what we did is um, we used uh, the same people to truly educate uh, doctors and support them throughout this onboarding process, also from a technology standpoint, because you you cannot it's it's not it's, unfortunately it's not as simple as a plot and play type of a, a model, right? You you need to understand what to do, right? Um, and um, it, it is it, it is complex. So uh, we very quickly uh, were, were able to um, to put documents together to create marketing material to. Um, to to really um, uh, share that with the doctors and with the with the, with the salons, the upscale salons where we're selling, uh, to make sure that that onboarding process is as smooth as possible, and they can truly then use it. So right now, just to give an example, um, even marketing collateral on in the digital space was provided by us, so they can incorporate it into emails, they can incorporate it into their um, their standard procedures to make sure that. The customer knows that they can still buy Nutrafol from their pro from their doctor, but it comes directly from us, so they don't have to visit the doctor's office anymore in order to um, to uh, to treat their hair. So that's how we approach it. How has um, you know traction and engagement and sales been faring just on your own D 2 C site? Because I've heard, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, just that you know brands that have that anecdotal relationship to health or holistic health seem to be um, 
getting gaining the customer's trust more than ever. And, you know, this is really a time to get market share, I think, for newer, younger brands. Absolutely. And um, we're always coming from a place. How, how do we how do we support our customers the best way we can? Right. And um, what we saw on the direct to consumer side is that the uh, the interest remained the client acquisition costs tremendously dropped because there was a lot of there's a lot of other companies that reduced advertising spending so across the board what we've seen just to give an example in april um and because of um, lower cpms on some of the advertising channels our client acquisition costs basically dropped with 30 percent while we saw a three times increase wow. in new customers right so it is it was a very interesting process to witness because um, CPMs were going down um, and therefore, obviously, with other strategies that we implemented, we're able to still uh, support and attract new customers while, of course, um, doubling down on our retention efforts. So our subscription business model is, is became more, more important than than, than ever before, right? Because um, we are investing heavily in these relationships with our customers um, to um, to truly provide them with support during during this this experience. So what we did is doubling down on retention efforts. We saw some great numbers on the acquisition side, and then obviously to stormproof the company to maintain the health of the company to not just protect your employees but also your customers is really to control that spend. And, and that, that was all about, let's just reduce OPEX, right? Uh, you reduce your opera, operating expenses as much as you can while you're doubling down on what you know best, maintaining these relationships with your existing customers, and then becoming very efficient on the acquisition side to really, um, to really start to experience that exponential growth that we're experiencing right now. What when you think about OPEX, like what were the kind of things that you were willing to cut right now and, and the things that you divested away from? Was that something that you guys led the charge on or maybe, you know, your investors like Al Catterton <laughs> kind of advising? Because I know a lot of private equity guys are getting involved very much on the cost management side of things. Yeah, I've heard it a lot as well. It, it have, I'm very fortunate. We are very fortunate that we've got amazing partners, uh, Al Catterton and, and UV. As I said before, um, you can you can you can really see how strong a partnership if you go through turbulent times. Everybody claps and everybody cheers when everything is great, right? But if things get a little <laughs> bit more turbulent, that's when um, that's when you really know they've been amazing. So they have actually not been involved in in, in any of this, but they've been very supportive in um, in in giving us the right information so we make better and informed uh, choices. Now, from an OPEX uh, perspective, we are a growth company. So there's a lot of um, uh, expenses within the P&L that, um, that are nice to have, that are, that are um, not necessarily um, uh, mission critical, right? So you cutting um, these, these things out, uh, for example, um, a, a growth budget, right? A growth budget is X, then uh, you're making sure that with, um, by reducing by reducing your growth budget, you can still um, acquire a similar amount of customers or even exceed the, the, the number of new customers. 
right? So there's um, there's some there's some changes that we made there, and then just um, just overall expenses. Just if you, especially with an organization like us, um, if you start being more efficient in every single department, then um, then uh, then the results uh, really 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 show. Um, so that's what we have been doing. We, we really reduced OPEX burn by about 55% in, in a matter of um, really six weeks, which, uh, which is really, really fast. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> what about um, things like, you know, obviously advertising has got, gotten cheaper on platforms like Facebook and, and Google, but what about some of the more um, maybe dotted line, more uh, brand awareness marketing that you guys had been doing because obviously tr clinical trials is part of that out of home which you guys invested in a lot yeah. last year what about stuff like that because you know even i've had a lot of conversations about even influencers in this day and age and you know there never seemed to be a quite clear conversion dotted line and so now that's something that um while, while brands need content you know and want to be you know in the market talking about their products the way that they do it is is really shifting. Yeah, this is a great question, and I do believe that the brand awareness is always has to still be a part of this equation. If you just spend money on uh, bottom funnel uh, optimization and acquisition, things can become pretty inefficient fairly quickly. So I'm a true believer right. in the right balance. And we've got an amazing marketing team that um, that has figured out how to do that in a very efficient way. But to your point, this is not the time to do any out of home advertising, right? That, that you know, this no. is uh, there's nobody on the street, um, so this is this this is not so, something you would invest in. But it's interesting to understand from a consumer standpoint where do people spend time, and what's really nice to see is that um, our attention span actually became larger and, and better, right? Because we, we have some more time left. Uh, people are listening a lot to podcasts. Uh, there's a lot of conversation out there. There's a great information that people are educating themselves on. So our attention span became a little more. And, and the time we spend in specific media is, is, is becoming more, right? So... Um, pivoting your strategy, also from a brand awareness standpoint, to, 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 to be and to add value where consumers spend their time is, is, is more essential than ever. So you are, like, for example, um, we're doing a lot of um, radio advertisement now, um, and um, that's been really working uh, out for us well. Right? People are listening to radio, they're listening to conversations, and we're trying to add value um, there as well and to educate consumers around um, the importance of regulating um, stress and how that affects your hair growth. There's so much, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard topic, right? It's, it's a topic that not everybody um, truly, truly understands, but it's incredible what happens with your health, with your hair, when your stress levels are so incredibly high. So there's an opportunity for us to educate right. there. And that's why, um, that's how we believe uh, we're adding value. When you think about like channels like social media, um, and obviously right now everybody's super stressed. Everybody has a lot on their plate, you know, obviously with the pandemic, but of course, just like working, living 
24-7 at home. So how do you balance the the very real, you know, effects of stress right now, but then also being sensitive, but not and not being opportunistic, right? Especially on social media where you get like really dragged for that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And um, it was one of the first thing we discussed. It's like, how do we stay true to our brand? Because there is, I see it all the time where um, consume, or actually companies are pivoting into immune supplements and other uh, treatments. Yep. And then I'm like, hold on a second. What do you know about immune? It's like, it's very, unfortunately, actually, it's very easy to create an immune supplement because you just go to a third party manufacturer, you put a few ingredients together and you can market it. Now that's to your point, very opportunistic. And I think that's taking advantage of the situation. I'm highly, personally, highly sensitive to that because um, um, there's, um, th we're all going through a very hard time and this is not the moment to capitalize um, on consumers. So um, this is one of the first thing that we discussed. How do we stay true to our brand? Um, and the good news is that we always have been very, um, very much um, talking about uh, the health of your body um, and, and the correlation to hair. We always have talked about self-care and, and taking care of yourself in order to, to affect your hair. And how do you bring your body back to homeostasis, which is a state of balance, right? And th that's our science. That's our science that we own. And that's our um, uh, research that we continue to, um, to spread and educate people on. So um, we are staying very true to our core um, and, and, and the basic fundamentals uh, that we have established. But to your point, if um, if you see brands uh, quickly pivoting um, and trying to target consumers with specific messages that that they're not experts in, I think becomes highly, highly dangerous. Right. Right. Will you talk about um, Amazon? You know, obviously, like that is a distribution channel, but also a great marketing channel. And um, right now, when you when you think about where customers are, they're on Amazon, you know, yeah. more so than ever before. Yeah, Amazon has been a great channel for us always. Um, you um, you own less the relationship there, so it's always um, it's always it, there's always much much more transparency. If consumers go to uh, Nutrifol.com, right, that's where you can truly engage with them and support them. Uh, but Amazon has been a, a very good channel for us um, from a fulfillment uh, standpoint. They they did have some some hiccups. I don't know if you saw saw the news, but an entire category, entire categories where where people were not even to to sell. Good news is that we fell into the um, the essential uh, uh, category for them, so our products remain to be um, to be present there. But as everybody does, um, there's there's still uh, delays in uh, in, uh, in in shipments and. Uh, and um, and across the board, there's still uh, a lot of a lot of question marks. Um, ourselves, we um, to give an example, um, it, what we've seen a lot is that uh, um, when you when there is a, a, a potential supply chain interruption, you want to make sure that that you have backups. For us, it was a little trickier because uh, we have unique ingredients that are patented and it's not as easy as swapping out an ingredient or finding a new supplier. 
So it's a very tricky, uh, tricky, tricky process. And uh, but luckily, we um, we always have done a very good job to uh, to buy enough ingredients uh, and making sure that uh, that we can produce and anticipate for uh, for a spike in demand that was able to uh, to cover for this situation. But our bottles, for example, our bottles, uh, we started to run low because of um, because of the uh, the increase in demand, and um, we replaced them. Uh, they were custom made, and we replaced them with uh, the old uh, the old bottles that we have. So same product, but the same the, the the older bottles, old bottle design. So these are things that you you cope with as a business. And um, yeah, on, on on the Amazon, to go back to your question on the Amazon front. They've been a great partner because they were um, they were still able to list our products and still able to fulfill our products as well, which is great. Will you talk a little bit about uh, the perception of Amazon? Because obviously, you guys, uh, I would consider you a luxury brand, a luxury price point. You know, you're eighty eight dollars for some of your supplements. Yeah. And you know, the beauty industry has really, really been fighting hard against Amazon. You know, especially if you had Sephora, Ulta relationships. Sephora especially, or department stores. And, you know, the the idea that customers wouldn't buy something that expensive on Amazon. What are you, what is your um, perception of that now? Well, we've seen amazing numbers on Amazon. Um, you want to share? Do you want to share anything? Uh, I, I, can, I can, unfortunately, I can't share enough uh, specific, specific numbers, but um, um, our Amazon uh, uh, channels have been growing consistent, consistently. Um, over the course of all, all these years, but I agree with you that um, that um, the, the the brand perception um, could be in some cases be diminished. Um, but Nutrafol.com still remains our core core channel, and we're using Amazon really as a as a brand awareness play um, because mm-hmm. that's where uh, a lot of customers discover us and they check out some of the reviews, um, etc. But um, They've been a they've been a great a great partner to us, and um, what we uh, what we always believed in is how do you how do you how do you make sure that you are still able to support um, even customers that are buying on Amazon um, our products, and we've done a pretty uh, pre- pretty good job uh, there. But making sure that there's no channel conflict is is key, right? Especially if you have. Uh, doctors and stylists, um, especially the key opinion leaders, right? You don't want to make you want to make sure that they can get it cheaper on Amazon. So that's why our pricing on Amazon is the highest, um, which is eighty eight dollars. And then um, on Nutrafol.com subscription, you can get it for less. Um, and uh, so channel conflicts, um, are, we're always very sensitive to that, and making sure that we uh, support uh, support our doctor partners that are working really hard to educate uh, patients and, and, and consumers. But um, it's always been um, it's always been um, a, a key priority for us to make sure that um, that we're not creating um, any um, any potential conflicts in these channels. When you think about other distribution partners, I know that you were thinking about maybe expanding last year. I know maybe this might not be the time, especially with stores continue to be closed, but is, you know, Target on your mind? Is Sephora on your mind? Is Ulta? Everything is on our minds. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is, is always on our minds. That's what sometimes can drive you crazy. Um, I think in this time, you, it's all about focus. You, you cannot do everything. 
And focus is 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 our number one priority. And our, our focus right now is is our doctor's channel, um, our salon channel, and our direct-to-consumer business. That doesn't mean that there is no future in retail um, in, in some of these um, uh, names that you uh, that you shared, but there's absolutely opportunity there. But it is important, especially in a time where there's a little bit of certainty to just stick with your core business that you know really well and do it as best as you can to support your people. Right. You mentioned uh, a little bit earlier that, you know, Nutrafol has been a growth company, which I totally agree with you and and really upended, um, you know, the Rogaine's or the, the companies that were just using kind of treating the topical issue versus holistic health. But when you think about growth going forward, right, like there's been all this chatter about what these valuations are in the VC world or even in the private equity world. What does growth look like to you, you know, this next year? Yeah, so it is definitely an ongoing conversation, and I agree with you. I think we've done a pretty amazing job to uh, to show tremendous exponential growth over the course of uh, the past few years, and we've proved um, not just to the investor community, but also to consumers and key opinion leaders in the industry, doctors and salons, that uh, there is a safe and a healthy solution uh, for people out there, something that works, something that is healthy and there's still um, not a lot out there that can do both if something is healthy or it's a, it's a simple vitamin or whatever it is right it's not effective enough and i still i'm surprised to still see gummy vitamins pop up right for hair say like, what is that going to do if you're losing your hair or you thin uh, your hair is thinning if um because of hormone imbalances or stress or um, or inflammation, right? All these underlying underlying causes are not being addressed by some of these products that are still popping up. So we remain to have a very strong position in in the market space. Uh, we uh, continue to invest heavily in research and in innovation. We have introduced a whole new personalized approach because I do still believe that. There is uh, no one product for everyone, and um, that we've seen tremendous success there because there's so much more in the human body. So um, I think personalization is going to be the future, also for um, for uh, for hair, uh, for men and for women, and um, all these different life stages that we all go through. So I'm very excited about that, um, and. Um, that will result in um, exponential growth in the next uh, in the next few years. So I'm, I'm less looking at from a lens of, you know, how much is the valuation of the company going to be? Our valuations are, are are very healthy, but I'm less interested in that now. I'm more interested in how do you build a great business and how do you add value to people's lives? And 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 and, and that last last point is is the most important. How do you add value to people's lives in, in a moment where things that were relevant are just not relevant anymore? And that's why there's a lot of businesses that are disappearing, unfortunately, because they may not add that level of value to people's lives. So that is our main focus, because if, if your focus becomes how much is my, my company worth, or if your focus becomes uh, how much our investors are going to value your company, you're going to make very different decisions sometimes. Right then, it's all about uh, efficiencies and 
laying people off to become way more efficient, et cetera, et cetera. And we have not done that. We haven't had COVID related um, uh, layoffs because we believed in, um, in cutting elsewhere and making sure that uh, we stick to what we know best and, um, and have continue to have the capacity to serve our customers. Georgios, before I let you go, um, you touched a little bit about this, but you know, when you think about customer trust right now and gaining the customer's trust, um, you know, obviously that comes down to what you're doing to your employees, what's in your product. Um, so who's trusting you right now more than ever? Is it women in the middle of the country? Is it a specific age group? Is it is it uh, men who have been really kind of re- resistant to that holistic health approach? Um, tell me what you're seeing on that end and how you plan on extending that. It's a great question. Um, what we see as, um, and that's just the continuation of what it was before, we're being trusted by consumers that um, are willing and are curious to dive in a little deeper. Um, and people that truly care for their health, people that care uh, what they are ingesting on a daily basis and um, are doing some research around the ingredients and the science. So our audience is, uh, is curious in, in, in that and they can trust us because they know that we've done that research. We have invested millions of dollars in clinical trials to prove that our products are working. That's not what typical supplements companies do. And, um, and, and, and that, that is that information is out there. So we continue to, um, to grow, um, in, um, in that space, we see, um, um, a, a lot of uptick, um, on, uh, on the woman's, uh, on the woman's, uh, side of, of, of the business. Um, all different, uh, different ages, different life cycles. We have an amazing product um, called Women's Balance. That's our core product, um, specifically designed for um, women that are going through uh, through menopause. It's a it's a very um, it's a very important topic that has not been addressed by any other brand out there when it comes to hair. And unfortunately, there's so many unknowns around this and we have science, we have proof and we've got an amazing formulation that can help with that uh, hormonal imbalance to, um, to, to, to support, right? And um, so we're seeing a great uptick there and we're launching some amazing campaigns around this to make sure that women are empowered uh, with the right information and that, this convers- that we continue to have this conversation because we- this cannot remain a taboo. There's, there's 40 million women in the United States that are suffering from thinning and hair loss. And um, I think um, that we need to have that conversation because continuing to having that conversation, not being embarrassed about it, is going to result in, uh, in, in solutions and, and, and new research to be able to support. So we're seeing a, a great uh, increase there. Um, it's becoming a, a majority of our business. Um, and then um, in relation to, to stress, as I just mentioned, um, we just fortunately we're well positioned it's, it's, uh, to, 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 to speak about stress with, um, with authority and, um, and science and information to, uh, to help people make smarter and better decisions during, during, during this, uh, this, this time. Um, really last question for you, Georgia. Please. <laughs> Hot seat, right? Um, no, I love it. But 
But, you know, the supplement industry, beyond, you know, the skepticism around it, it's really not a sexy category in the sense that, like, you know, you can't show um, someone taking a vitamin on Instagram the way that you can show, like, a contoured face look, you know, or a beauty look. So do you think that's playing in your advantage now just because, you know, because people are are skeptical and because people are doing their own research, maybe they don't want a gummy vitamin right now. Maybe they want something that efficacious piece is really working in your favor. I I think you're bringing up an amazing point. And um, this is to to me personally, forget about the company for a second, but uh, (laughs) the personally, this is a dream coming true because um, there is, uh, I'm all about how do you become the best version of yourself, right? And health is, health is such a big component. And there has been, to your point, so much skepticism and so many products out there that are just not working. It's all based on marketing. Nobody's doing their research. Nobody invests uh, mark or, or investment dollars into, in, into trials. It's not easy to do. And I think during this time where people are becoming more health conscious, and um, people are looking for solutions desperately, right? And having maybe some more time to do that additional research and dive in a little deeper. I think the opportunity is endless. Um, and because we're gonna, a- we're gonna be able, just as a society, to, um, to uh, we're gonna recognize that. And, 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 um, and hopefully um, there's more brands and, and, and others that, that are going to make these investments because consumers are not stupid. They they demand evidence, and we've seen that shift already happening over the past few years. I think it's going to even be more. You need proof. You cannot just you know, put a little bit of biotin in a gummy vitamin and and claim that you can save somebody's hair. That's not fair. That's a prescription for endless hope, right? That's how I call it. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's not fair to the consumer, and um, we we as companies have a responsibility to do our research and to only bring products to market that can truly help people. Perfect. Thank you so much, Georges, for being here today. It was great talking to Thank you. Thank you. Your hair looks on point, like I it, said. It's a little um, long. We'll talk to you again soon. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Tune in next week for another episode. And if you know someone or more than one who should be listening to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, please have them subscribe. See you next week.